fix this. There we go. So in seminary, we had this uh, phrase. I think it originated with uh, one of my professors, maybe my preaching professor. Uh, and it was this time when we would just simply say, you're veering off the highway. You got off the exit. So here's the context we use um, for that phrase. If we're in a theological discussion in class, and it, it actually uh, lended itself also to around, uh, around the dinner table with friends as well. So we're in the middle of a theological conversation. When we stop that conversation and go for the easy answers, or when we try to um, just make it sim more simpler than it is, rather than deal with the difficult questions that theology presents to us, we say, you got off the highway too early, and you got off the exit. It was a way to force ourselves to deal with those difficult questions and not try to give simple, easy answers. That came back to me as I was preparing this message because I've seen this happen time and time again uh, when I find myself in Bible studies uh, around today's topic. We're around a Bible study and, and the topic go, moves uh, along and finds its way into salvation. And we get into the difficult conversation of, of who's saved, who's not saved. And, and we begin to talk down there and eventually time is coming close to an end and we need to end. And someone says, well, we just all have free will, right? We just all have free will to make a choice. Let's wrap up the discussion because we've got to go home and stay under an hour. Veering off an exit. Free will often does that to us. And that, that conversation becomes a way just to say, okay, well, we just all have free will, so let's avoid the more difficult conversations about theology. So this morning I want to take time to discuss that a little bit and to talk about free will. Because this summer we have been uh, doing something a little different. In October, it is the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. So this whole summer, we've basically taken a confirmation program, Lutheran history, Lutheran theology, uh, and then made them into sermons. So today, we're going to talk about one of Luther's writings called The Bondage of Will, where he talks about free will. In fact, it's actually a debate with a guy named Erasmus, writing back and forth, arguing about this topic. And it's kind of a continuation from what, if you joined us last week, we were talking about last week in his, his letter, his essay, uh, The Freedom of a Christian where he talked about freedom, we are granted freedom so that we can serve our neighbors. That freedom doesn't mean we can do what we want, but so that we can serve others. So now how does that lend into today's discussion of free will? It all kind of wraps up in this idea of freedom and Christian freedom. We like to talk about freedom in our faith, in our country. We all appreciate it. And maybe sometimes we take the freedoms we have for granted. I mean, we are free to, to go where we want, to do what we want most of the time. We're free to join the military, to elect our leaders. We're free to choose our religion. We have the freedom of speech. Some large freedoms that we have. We also have some small freedoms, right? We're free to stay home if we want all the time and binge watch our favorite Netflix show in our underwear while eating a tub of ice cream. Few of you have done that, haven't you? If you're like, that sounds good, I'm going to do that tonight. Um, but we have freedoms, so many freedoms. In our Christian faith, we talk about we have the freedom in Christ. But that freedom comes with a responsibility 
to serve our neighbor, says Luther. But what does that mean for our choices for ourselves? And how does that work with our free will? Adam and Eve seem to be that example of free will, right? You have them in the garden, and they're given choices. They often say, well, Adam and Eve had free will to choose what they wanted. They can eat from any tree, but they chose out of their free will to eat from the tree they weren't supposed to. And they did. And they ruined it for the rest of us, right? There's a joke that I love. A few of you might get it. Um, that says, Adam and Eve were the first ones not to read Apple's Terms and Conditions. Uh, groan, right? It's an iPhone joke, or, right? But free will, Luther says, isn't that easy. It's a lot more complicated. Luther says that's not exactly what it looks like. See, Luther's thoughts on, on this saint-sinner dichotomy led him to believe that we are always, each and every single one of us, always bound to sin. Sin separates us from God. And that's what he called the bondage of the will. That we are all bound to sin. So now let's take, for example, let's go back to the Garden of Eden. Let's pretend the Garden of Eden was modern day, and here we are, it's a reality show, because everything is a reality show today, right? So the Garden of Eden reality show. You have Adam and Eve as contestants, and each and every single one of us are contestants on this, on this show. Luther would say, along with Adam and Eve, each and every single one of us in this contest would make the same choice. That we were all bound to choose sin. That no matter what we do, no matter how hard we fight, no matter how hard we are, no matter how good we are, that we would all choose sin, along with Adam and Eve. So it doesn't matter who is in that garden. We would all choose sin. So what can we do? Luther also talked about we can't free ourselves. And that it's impossible for us to be able on our own will and might to choose God. Luther believed that we have the ability to make everyday choices. But one of those choices of choosing God wasn't something we would be able to do. That we as a people are so f too full of sin to be able to make, fully make that choice. A few weeks ago in our service, we've uh, been working in Luther's Catechism. We'll do it again today uh, in the Lord's Prayer. Uh, but when we are doing the explanations to the Catechism, uh, or to in the Catechism in the Creed, the third part of the Creed we recited said this, I believe, says Luther, that by my own understanding and strength, that I cannot believe in Jesus Christ my Lord, or come to Him, but instead... The Holy Spirit has called me through the gospel, enlightened me with, with His gifts, and made me holy and kept me in the true faith. It is by the strength the Holy Spirit gives us that we can believe in Jesus. Not our own strength or understanding. Luther says we cannot choose or believe in God on our own. So therefore the best thing that we can do is hope that God chooses us. And guess what? God does. God does choose us rather than us choosing God. In the waters of baptism, we are claimed and named God's children and we say thanks be to God for that. 
So maybe you've been approached, and this all has to do with free will. Do we have the free will to choose? It's not us who chooses, but God who chooses us. So maybe you've been approached before, you've heard someone approached, and asked the question, have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Looking for a simple yes or no answer, maybe a testimony, but a Lutheran answer based on Lutheran theology might sound something like this. Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Well, I'm glad you asked, for I am unable to choose Jesus by my own strength, understanding, or power. But through the gift of the Holy Spirit, I am able to believe and to trust in Christ and through, through His life, His death, His resurrection, and those promises that I receive in baptism, I believe God has chosen me to be forgiving and redeemed. How's that? Try saying that when you're asked that question. See what kind of response you get. God chooses us. Accepting Jesus as our Savior is not something we can do. If we can choose to be in a relationship with God by our own power, our own strength, well then it could just simply make a mockery of Jesus' abundant life, His death, His resurrection. It was God's action that brings about salvation. Salvation is fully the action and the gift of God as a result of faith offered through grace. So this leads us to two questions when we talk about free will. Back to a question we talked a little about last week. Well, if we have, do we have, can we do whatever we want? If we're going to sin anyway, can we just do what we want if God's grace is there? Well, again, our freedom comes with the responsibility to serve our neighbors. But for ourselves, it also doesn't eliminate the consequences of the choices we make. Sin has consequences. But God does offer forgiveness. And it also leads us to another question. If all we're going to do, if Luther's right, and all we're going to do is constantly choose sin over and over and over again, what's the point in trying to live a godly life if we're just going to keep being led towards sin? Luther's point wasn't to make us feel worse about ourselves, but instead to help us realize that we have an utter dependence and need upon God and that we can never act out of selflessness and the goodness of our own understanding, but that we need to rely on God, God's love and God's grace. So how do we do that? I think we saw that in, modeled in Jesus' prayer before His death. He's praying, take this cup from me. Then He says, not my will but yours. How do we pray for God's will to lead us? To constantly seek after God's will rather than our own. We pray it each and every week. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not my will be done. Thy will be done. So let us rely on God and trust in God. And let us always seek God's will and not our own. May we continually see that freedom means to serve our neighbor and to seek God's will. And above all, may we always remember that God has chosen us and that we don't have to be sinless to be loved and saved by God. For that is the grace of God. Amen.